0: You are listening to episode number 28 of Wife Teacher Mommy, the podcast. How to differentiate instruction to meet every child. Do you teach children at a wide variety of levels? I brought in Wife Teacher Mommy team member and special educator, Carol DiMolanta to share some strategies that worked for her to help you bridge the gaps. Now let's go. you're here listening to Wife Teacher Mommy, the podcast today. I'm your host, Kelsey Sorensen, a former elementary teacher turned homeschool mom. Whether you are a teacher or a homeschool parent, my goal at Wife Teacher Mommy is to provide you with both teaching ideas and mindset tools to help you live your absolute best teacher life. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Now let's go. Hey, friend, I've got a treat for you today, and I know I say that a lot with our guests, but I feel like we just bring some really great people onto the podcast. But for the next two episodes, so this week on Tuesday and Thursday, I will be interviewing some team members of Wife Teacher Mommy. And I know I've mentioned this before, but Wife Teacher Mommy, I started it myself, but it's grown to be more than a one-person I could not do this all myself. And to be able to help all these educators, I needed to bring on people to help me. And I found some amazing team members. And I just love them because they even have knowledge in areas that I lack. So we kind of come together and we make this amazing team. They're just so supportive. I wouldn't be able to be putting out a podcast every week if I was still doing everything, like if I was needing to create all the resources from start to finish myself and everything. So that is why we're able to do more to support you and release more resources and do more things and add this coaching because we have team members to help. So today I am interviewing Carol, as I mentioned. She is an amazing, incredible team member here. She helps with curriculum design. She's made a lot of our resources. She really helped me run the show with Educate and Rejuvenate. She helped us find speakers, communicate with them and everything. She's really helped me behind the scenes so I can be recording this podcast for you each week. So I really, truly appreciate her. So let me just read her bio for you really quick. And I guess it's in first person. So I'll kind of translate it into third person. So, Carol is currently part of a family of 11. Now, before you get too surprised, her family consists of Carol, her husband, two dogs, and seven cats, most of which are fosters. So, she loves animals. Before becoming a curriculum designer for Wife Teacher Mommy, she taught resource special education for seven years in junior high and elementary schools. Now, she loves creating resources to help fellow educators so that they can enjoy life to their fullest. And I added a few things because it was really short. So, I know that she loves her coffee, she loves being a team player. She's always willing to help wherever it's needed and help other people whenever it is needed. It is a really great strength of hers. She is super organized. She is a Google wizard. She can like create these amazing Google spreadsheets. We just love having her on the team. She is a gem. And if you've met her, I bet you're super excited to hear from her again. If you're in the club or if you came to Educate and Rejuvenate, you probably met her. If you haven't met her yet, though, I'm really excited for you to meet her. So let's go on over to the interview. Hey, Carol. I'm so excited that you're here on the podcast today.
1: I'm excited, too. Never been on the podcast before.
0: (laughs) I know. And that's kind of crazy. Carol and I, we're talking like all the time. She's like one of my full time team members here at Wife Teacher Mommy and just love having her on the team. She has so much to share with all of you. So I'm really excited about this. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Yes, for sure. I'm Carol DeMalanta. I am one of the product creators, but also dabble in a few other things too for Wife <laughs> yes. Teacher Mommy. And I am also Utah based. I've moved around a ton. I was born in New York City, taught special ed for about seven years. And yeah, now I'm now I work for Wife Teacher Mommy with Kelsey.
0: Yeah, we love having you here. Is there any other fun fact about you that our listeners should know?
1: Ooh, fun fact. I have like a lot of cats.
0: <laughs> I was just wondering if you're going to say that. One of them is on your lap right now, right?
1: Oh, yep, yeah. She just left. She's like, oh, there's not like a whole audience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. It's j- yep, <laughs> only Kelsey. Boring.
1: <laughs> but yes, I have seven cats, which sounds ridiculous, but I love them all.
0: That's so amazing, and I love I love that about you. So. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking a lot about differentiating, and as Carol mentioned, she's a special educator, so she knows a lot about differentiating, and we'll be talking about how, whether you're a special educator or you're in the general ed classroom, we need to differentiate. So, we're going to be talking about how you can do that and all the tips and strategies that she has. So, you ready?
1: For sure.
0: Okay, so let's dive in, and maybe we can just kind of talk about, like, each subject. So how do you differentiate with language arts to meet every child?
1: That's a really, it's a tough one because language arts has so many like sub skills. It's really like a process to track what each student needs. And it's very individualized, I feel like. And that might just be my special ed teacher, like thinking about that. But it really depends on what the student that you're thinking about needs and what kind of language activity you're about to do. Think about what skills are going to be needed, what prerequisite activities they might need to do. But I would just make sure that every student has the opportunity to like give their answers in the way that works best for them. So like for some students, they might have awesome answers if they answer out loud, but they might not be able to write it very awesome. You know, like like they might not be as skilled at writing or they might even simplify their answers because they're being asked to write even though they have all these really great ideas. So it really depends on what the student needs to do and what fits them best. But generally when I'm differentiating for a full like a whole class lesson, we just do the tier one instruction all together and then kind of tag team it like I co-taught. So there was always mm-hmm. another teacher or a para-educator who could kind of Like this student over here needs a little bit more assistance or this student over here, like I'm going to make sure that I sit with this person or this small group just to make sure that they get the skill. But that's language arts, how I would
0: do it. Yeah. And that was a really great overview. And I love how you mentioned too, like language arts, it does have all these sub skills. We have just, you know, English, like English grammar skills. Then we have reading, we have writing. There's so much that goes into that category, but I feel like what you just explained does work for any of that is really just working with them at their level and all of that. What would you recommend differentiating like with whole class versus small groups and modeling, all of that? That was kind of a loaded question.
1: It's a good question, because I feel that it's kind of like the cycle that most classes, like most lessons go through the I do, we do, you do kind of Mm -hmm. step process. But with differentiating at every step, it's kind of like you have your whole class instruction. Like this is how you plan the lesson to go to reach the most students that you could. And then during the I do you're modeling, you're showing students exactly how they should do it and how you're thinking through it, you're thinking out loud. And then during the we do, that's when you're really going to assess your students and figure out which ones need a little bit more help. Or do we need to backtrack a little bit and go back to previous examples or go back to a prerequisite skill to perform this task? So that's when you're really like watching your students as you all do it together. You're asking questions like, and then what do we do next? And you're kind of assessing, like, did they know that really well? Like, did they answer confidently or were they kind of like, um, we, (laughs) we do this next? (laughs) And then during the you do stage, that's when you can kind of break off and have the students who are more solid work independently, and then you can pull the students who are kind of struggling a little bit together. So that's differentiating overall any lesson that you were teaching tier one style.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that really does apply to like any subject. So it could apply to like math and everything too. Do you have any other specific tips? We kind of talked about language arts, general overview. We'll talk about kind of some more ideas later in this episode. But for math, what are kind of some like overview things that you think in general teachers should keep in mind when they're differentiating?
1: So for math, I feel like math is a little bit more concrete in my mind. Like it's more the subject that I feel like I teach better. So I can kind of think about math a little bit more in depth than language arts.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. We're either math or language arts people. Right. I'm more of a language arts person.
1: Yeah. Well, for, yeah, for me, like language arts is a bit more abstract. It's hard to be like, oh, we should definitely go back to this specific skill before oh, yeah, we can yeah. move on to that specific skill. Whereas in math, it's like, oh, they're struggling with multiplying, then maybe we should go back to repeated addition. Like it's a little bit more laid out in my mind, at least. But I know that there are some brilliant language arts teachers that can do that with language arts. Like they can just work with a student and know, oh, they need this skill. Like this is what they're struggling with, and it will open the door to these next skills. But for math, it's the same kind of tier one instruction, but You also want to be thinking about what are some tools that we can use to help the student? Can we make it more visual? Can we make it more Mm -hmm. kinesthetic? Can we have manipulatives? Or is there another way to get the same answer that the student might understand a little bit better? So we can provide some accommodations to make sure that this student can still reach the same goal, but you also want to make sure that they have all of those foundational skills like they're not just here's a calculator and <laughs>
0: right yeah
1: they have to understand what is addition what is multiplication when do i use these tools so it's it's almost like helping the students to advocate for themselves and figure out what works best for them
0: oh i love that teaching students to advocate for themselves because really if they're able to do that that's a skill they can use throughout their education but also just throughout their lives too so
1: exactly i had one student who was actually really like they could memorize the steps for processes really well. We could do word problems that had multiplication in it or things like that that had several steps. Like maybe you had to multiply something and then divide or move a decimal or something like that. But they just could not get the times tables memorized. So mm-hmm. having the multiplication table with them let them do all these other skills without having to work. <laughs> Like, yes, you still want them to know their multiplication tables, but it, it's like this one thing is what was holding them back from doing grade level math. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you kind of have to balance that accommodation, but also making sure that they have those skills and know when to use the tools. Like what is an appropriate time to use this to help me instead of like cheat on my math test or something like
0: that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So knowing like the appropriate time and everything to do that. Good call there for sure. (laughs) And we've talked a bit about general differentiation, but how do you think differentiation is the same? Well, let's start first with the same. So how do you think it's the same for both special ed and general ed?
1: At least when I was teaching and I had like co-teachers, it was really a team effort to do differentiation. It was really nice to have someone who could watch the class as you were teaching so that you could focus on teaching or vice versa, like the general ed teacher may be focusing on the instruction and then the other person kind of pinpointing which students or what things were needed, what needed to be added. But I feel like a lot of times gen ed teachers are, they kind of get left on their own with students with high needs, but they're like not on IEPs yet, or they're in the process of gathering data to either put them on an IEP or figure out what kind of instruction they need or accommodations that they need they're kind of like you have to deal with this on your own almost like you Mm. (laughs) they're like here's some interventions you can try but then that's like the only assistance that they get is here are these ideas you figure out how to implement it and then for special ed it's like that's the whole job is differentiating for each individual student making sure like every student's IEP is being followed. So I feel like when we can merge the two things together, gen ed and special ed together as a team, then the differentiation is like magical. You know, like that's when yeah. the magic happens is when both come together. But yeah, that's like the way that they're the same is that you are you're focusing on the student and figuring out what that one student needs or what this small group needs. And I guess I'm getting ahead of myself because we're going into how they're different. (laughs) Well, I guess you
0: just kind of answer both in one. So I feel like that's the perfect response.
1: Yeah, it's like you can't answer one without answering the other almost. I think it's the best when we work together as a team because, yeah, it's just nice to not be on your own, like to have someone who has your back.
0: Yes. And like, you know, here at Wipe Teacher Maui, we just love working together and having that team support and everything. So it's the same when you're in the classroom.
1: Exactly. I just think teamwork works the best because it's hard. It's hard to make sure every single student gets what they need.
0: Yes. Okay. So now we're kind of talking to the general education teachers who are listening. So what do you think you learned as a special educator that would be helpful for the general educators listening?
1: So one thing that when... I worked with some amazing general ed teachers. Like we were really good friends. We also worked really well together. But one thing that I felt that general ed teachers don't learn as much in their courses while they're in college, but also like when they're suggested things like interventions is about behavior. And a lot of times behavior, like students who had what You would call bad behaviors, would be like, oh, we should put them in special ed or we should put them on an IEP. And that's like the default almost. But that might just be my own experience. But I feel like communicating, like seeing what the behavior is telling you instead of taking it personally almost, like Mm -hmm. it's so hard. It's so hard for special ed teachers to do too. But I can see how it's even harder for general ed teachers because. They have so many little human beings all at once. Like with special ed, we usually have smaller groups or like one-on-one, but trying to see what that behavior is communicating to you. Because most of the time, they're not misbehaving because they're trying to get back at you or spite you or anything like that. They're mm-hmm. usually trying to tell you something that they need. Like if a student is slamming a book down, it's not because they hate you <laughs> right? or they hate your class or anything like that. It's usually because they're frustrated because maybe something was too difficult for them and maybe they just needed a little extra time or something like that. So that's just something that I felt like we learned in our classes that everyone should kind of see that, see the behavior as a communication.
0: I love that. Like looking at the behavior and kind of kind of like we talk about in coaching almost, like with wife, teacher, mommy coaching, it's like neutralizing and being like, okay, looking at the circumstance and being like, okay, And not looking at your thoughts about it and getting all frustrated, but being like, okay, what does this actually mean? And kind of finding the root cause of it.
1: Exactly. I love that you brought that in because I think the reason why seeing it this way is difficult is because it is difficult to kind of take the emotion out of analyzing behavior with other students because it's hard to do it with yourself. Like, it's Mm -hmm. really hard to separate an action and what was the function of that action just with your own emotions and your own, I don't know, your own like reactions to things. So with the coaching, you learn how to do that. And I think if you are able to do that with yourself, it's easier to do that with other students to kind of put yourself in their shoes.
0: Totally, because you're thinking about it, you're like kind of looking more at them.
1: Yes. And that is so hard to do in the moment. Like if a student hits you or something like that, it's Mm -hmm. so hard to be like to separate that emotion of, ow, that hurt. And now I'm angry (laughs) Right (laughs) to thinking like maybe there is something that they don't have the skill to communicate with me right now. (laughs) It's really hard to take that step back.
0: And that's the thing. Like when I was referring to coaching, I was referring to the coaching we do inside Wife Teacher Mommy Club and these different tools we use, like looking at circumstances and neutralizing them and, you know, separating the thoughts and the circumstances. But it's not easy to do just because, you know. It's a tool, but you have to consciously do it even when you know how to do it because what comes naturally is just your thought and your thoughts are fat, you know?
1: Exactly. And it it takes practice too. Like, I know the first time that I had a quote unquote bad behavior, I got bit on my arm and my first reaction was to be like, ah, like almost like <laughs> right. like hit the student. Like that was my, that was my gut reaction. And I really had to like, think like, oh, I cannot like you cannot do that. Yeah. but what the student was trying to communicate to me and he was he was a nonverbal student he was trying to communicate to me that it was lunchtime, and I had gone two minutes late with our session and oh, he was hungry exactly like it, if I had if I had taken a step back instead of just gotten mad and like I remember I took like erased one of his little point tracker things because he bit me and I was like, oh, he was just telling me he was hungry. Like he wasn't mad at me personally. He was just like, I, it's time to eat. Like, <laughs> like, let's go <laughs> wrap up this lesson.
0: Yeah. And when you realize like, oh, that was his only intention, you can kind of like fizzle down a little bit. And be like,
1: exactly. Okay. Yes. But I, w- I remember being so mad. I was like, why did I do this? Why am I? Why am I teaching special ed? I'm getting bit.
0: This is not what I signed up for.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. Like, it's not anything personal like it must be so hard to be a little human I don't remember it but just imagine being a little kid and just not having those tools to tell people how you're feeling or what you're you know like what's going on inside Mm -hmm. it's just yeah I can't even imagine or remember what it was like to be a little kid it must be so frustrating
0: I know it's hard to like like I mean you have memories from when you're a child but it's not like remembering exactly like what it's like to be a kid and not have this knowledge that we have now as adults you know
1: yeah for like, sure. as adults we can say you know like the I feel I think language we have all these tools that we've learned along the way like I feel that you're doing this and it's making me feel angry or frustrated like we know how to talk about things in a calm way but for kids it's just so much harder they haven't learned how to mm-hmm. do it they don't have the ability to like delay that response from their emotion.
0: For sure. Okay, so what special tips do you have for our special education teachers who are listening?
1: Ooh, yes. The hardest thing for me when I was teaching, I co-taught a lot with general ed teachers, but you want to also have like a support group that you can kind of lean on that gets it. For example, a lot of times when you're a special ed teacher, you're the only one in your building who teaches special ed or resource or whatever you call it in your district or state, and it kind of gets very isolating. So you want to find that group of friends that understand resource or special ed. And for me, it was other teachers at different schools and also my paraeducators Like the team that we built in my classroom, they were probably my closest friends because we were we were always together in my classroom and we were able to celebrate each other's wins and we were able to vent with each other and just, you know, help each other stay uplifted every day.
0: Yes. And I feel like that's huge, you know, like having people because you'll have frustrating situations come up as you teach. And it's just having others there who you can like talk to and rely on and have your back.
1: Exactly. And it was just, it was lovely to have, like, you know, when you're, you just cannot deal with something anymore. It was nice to have people to be like, hey, can we like switch groups just for today? Like, I just can't deal with this student right now. Like if we could switch groups and I can cool off a little bit, then I'll be able to be my best self. It was really nice to have that. And create. It was nice to create a team where we could do that for each other and just understand what each other was going through, talk things out, planning, all of it.
0: And I would encourage everyone to find that support group. And you might be in your classroom by yourself and maybe you feel a little isolated. And we've had a lot of teachers actually come to our Wife Teacher Mommy Club coaching and even say, like, you know, hey, like, I don't have a teacher bestie. Like, people on Instagram are saying they all have one. and. What we found is a lot of people, they may not find that at their schools and you might, you might be able to make friends at your schools and have the community there. But if not, that doesn't mean you can't find a support group. Like even if it's somebody you need to text or even if it's like, you know, you join Carol and I in the club and you're able to like join that Facebook group and we can all chat in there and be your support system. We would love that. Wherever you find it, it could be friends who teach, but they're in a different school or in a different district. But you have that chat thread where you're able to chat with each other
1: oh my goodness, do you remember Tumblr? Yes. (laughs) When I first started teaching, which was a while ago, but when I first started teaching, Tumblr was more of a thing. And I remember finding some really great online friends who yeah, they really got it. Yeah, like we could share ideas with each other and you can find that space anywhere. Like I would encourage that highly.
0: Yeah, and we have a free Facebook group too. Wife Teacher Mommies Unite. Check it out.
1: And I know that there are other special ed teachers in that group, too.
0: For sure. So we got kind of talking a little bit about Wife Teacher Mommy Club, so we got a little bit ahead. But what are some resources? I know we have a lot of our club members listening. And how can they use these resources to help them differentiate in the classroom?
1: So the awesome thing about our resources and the way that we create them is that they're already differentiated for different grade levels. So you can take an activity that's on your grade level, like maybe you teach third grade, but perhaps you have a student who is still kind of reading on maybe a first grade level. So you can pull that activity too and they're they're both gonna look very similar. Students can't tell the difference that they're working on different skills. And it's great for general ed teachers, but for me as a special educator, like it's an amazing thing. Like everyone can kind of be working on the same thing, but It's more directed at what their goals or what their grade level is. So one specific example that I think of that is amazing is our monthly reading passages. Mm -hmm. They're leveled. Every student can be reading about the same topic. You can ask the same kinds of questions because it's the same topic, but they're reading it on their level. So it's just really nice for that reason.
0: Yes. I would recommend any teacher who teaches reading, whether you want to join the full club or not, check out those reading passages. They are some of the best stuff, I feel like.
1: Yeah. It's a game changer.
0: Yeah. Our members, they love those. And we, if you're listening before the end of 2022, there's a growing bundle of the monthly ones. So you can even get a bit of a discount on that. So we'll link to that in the show notes.
1: The ones that are coming out right now, I love that they are also digital. Yeah. Like that's whew, like chef's kiss.
0: Yes. So you don't even have to use your printer and ink unless you want to, unless that's how you want to do it. Okay. So that's kind of the overview on how you can like pull the different levels and everything. Tell me, and we talked about the reading passages already, but we could talk a little bit more about them, but tell me some of your favorite resources for language arts and how our members or customers can use them to differentiate.
1: So I think my personal favorite is still going to be those reading passages for sure. But To like dive into other language art skills like spelling, we have our 36 weeks of spelling, which it's got word lists already for you that are leveled for each grade. And then it has like a predictable week outline. So every Monday you can do an activity. It'll be the same. Tuesday will be the same. So it kind of follows a pattern that students will go through throughout the week. And those can be differentiated because you can grab different levels, but everyone still Mm -hmm. does the same activity you can even change out the word lists for students if you need to. So, it's it's just really nice to like switch things out when needed. And then we also have phonemic awareness and fixing sentences for more grammar skills. Those are awesome cuz it's a skill that I feel like doesn't get it kind of gets brushed over a lot, but with the way that we have them for our 36 weeks, you can do them really fast, like just a couple minutes. And they are practicing Fixing sentences, like correcting a sentence to have the correct grammar every day, I think, or maybe it's every week. I can't remember now, but they're practicing it in a really fast way. So it doesn't take a lot of planning or it doesn't take a ton of time to work on.
0: Yes, I love those. They're just so much fun. And I've done them with my kids and they just think they're so fun. The spin and spell is their personal favorite where they get to like spin and it tells them like how to write the word. When they get to do it with their eyes closed, like, oh, eyes closed, or like the vowels and consonants, <laughs> that activity is really fun, too. They just love yes. it. And then on the reading passages, I wanted to like mention just a little bit more, too. It, we have those monthly themed ones. And then we have the regular ones. The regular ones also include fluency. And I wanted to mention those ones also have digital, too. So all of them have a digital version. Awesome. And then for a club exclusive, you you made that Google Drive fluency tracking, too, right?
1: Yes, yes.
0: That is super cool and works really well with those passages.
1: Yes. I'm glad that you mentioned that because that is another way to help decide how to differentiate for your students. Mm -hmm. Data, data, data. I always am about data as a special ed teacher. Like I enjoy taking it. I enjoy analyzing it. (laughs) And for those of you who don't enjoy that, we have that Google Sheet product in our shop so that you don't have to.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Did we put that one for sale or was that a club exclusive? I don't even remember.
1: Yeah, I think it was a club exclusive.
0: Yeah, so we have resources that we sell and our club members get all those. But then we also have ones that are like, oh, these are only for club members. So I think that's one of those. We're going to do some more data tracking in the future, too, because I think people really like that. I mean, they really like that the work's done for them. They don't like data tracking. <laughs> so- I know. So <laughs> Carol let me- does, so she'll help you.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: We'll have to do another podcast all about that.
1: Oh, for sure. Yes, I love talking about it.
0: Okay, so we talked about favorites for language arts. Now let's talk about favorite resource picks for math.
1: Math. There are so many good math products in our shop. The math riddles, that was a lot of fun to create. And I can see myself as a student just really enjoying doing those. So those can be differentiated by grabbing different grade levels. But also you can differentiate them by maybe filling in some of the letters so that students can do less problems. There's lots of ways to differentiate worksheets for math. And then the 36 weeks of math fluency is another awesome one. It just practices skills that it it practices them in like a repetitive way so that they just, it becomes automatic for them. Mm -hmm. We also have backward story problems so that they can practice word problems because I feel like a lot of math is more heading that way doing yeah. word problems. And then we have the I spy coming out too.
0: Yeah. And what I want to mention about a few of these. So for the backwards story problems, they're kind of naturally differentiated because they create that problem yes. based off of their own skills. Like they have the same, like this is the answer you're going to end up with, but then the work they do, the backwards work is based on their skills. So if they only know how to do addition, for example, they'll create an addition problem. But if they're able to do fractions, and obviously that's a big gap, but you know what I mean. They can make a problem that has fractions or decimals in it or has multiplication or division. So it's naturally differentiated.
1: And I think, too, if if they're doing that problem in one grade level and then like they move into the next year or the next month even, they start like building this skill of just the creativity, almost like being creative with creating those word problems themselves. And I think mixing that creativity with math is really important, like just to make it more engaging, but also just to practice that skill, they don't get to do it that much in math, I feel like.
0: Yeah, so true. And then those I Spy. I feel like we just brushed over those for a second, and those are just so fun. And we have a growing bundle going on right now with those. So if you're in the club, you don't need to do anything; you'll get them for free as part of your membership. But if you want to like try out a resource before, I would recommend either the reading passages that we mentioned or the I Spy, because the I Spy is a growing bundle right now, which means it's an amazing deal. Do you want to talk a little bit about those, Carol? Yes. I know Kinsey made those.
1: She made them, but <laughs> but I've looked over them and they just seem so fun. It's just a different activity that they probably don't get to do very often because most math worksheets are like, here's the problem and just get the answer and that's it. But the iSpy adds more activity to it.
0: Yeah. And it's like they get to do the finding each thing, which makes it more fun. And then yes. the problem is based off what they find. So it's kind of like they're solving this puzzle and then they get to do the problems. So just makes it a little more engaging. And they're themed each month, which is always fun.
1: Oh, yes. So cute.
0: Well, this episode is launching. Let's see. (laughs) You'll get (laughs) August, maybe September. I can't remember when we're launching this episode. But then each month we'll get a new set coming out for you. So, And the price goes up each month, too. So we will link to that in the show notes so you can check it out. And I mean, the club is always the best deal because you're getting everything, but if you're not quite ready for that, then those are some great options for purchasing from our shop or TPT. Okay, Carol, can you tell the teachers just how much our team just loves helping them?
1: It's probably my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite part of the job because it's one thing to like make resources and just put them out there, but... I always enjoy seeing how teachers are using them, but also if they are struggling with anything at all, like it doesn't even have to be with using our products. It's like something that teachers just love to do. We just help each other, you know? It's just such a fun community, and we just want everyone to live their best teacher life. So you don't want to do everything on your own. We're here to help you.
0: And it's not just me here, it's me and Carol and Kinsey and Rachel, we've got amazing people on our team. And then all the teachers in the club are helping each other, too. So, yeah, it's an amazing community of people and we love it.
1: Definitely. We all like just cheer each other on. It's it's just so much fun. And of course,
0: Chrissy, our coach, she's incredible. You probably heard on the podcast, too. So, so much support that you're getting for those of you who are in the club. And if you are in the club, be sure to hop over to our members only segment. If not, I will see you again in just a few days. We're doing our double episodes right now. So Tuesday and Friday, we're giving you so much free support right here on the podcast. And on our next episode, we'll be talking with Megan, who is another one of our incredible team members on Wife, Teacher, Mommy team. We will be talking all about social studies and how you can teach social studies in your classroom or your homeschool. So make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss that episode. It is a really good one. We actually already finished that interview. We're releasing them backwards. So (laughs) it was really fun. You guys will love that one. Can't wait. And if you have a question for Carol, you can email us at hello at wifeteachermommy.com, and we'll make sure that Carol gets tagged so she can answer your question. Or post in one of our Facebook groups. Either the Unite Facebook group, that's our free one, Wife Teacher Mommies Unite, or if you're in the club, Wife Teacher Mommy Club. Okay. Thanks, Carol, for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me. And yes, please, anyone reach out. Like if you just have questions, I love helping y'all out.
0: If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you're ready to take the next step with me, then you are going to love Wife Teacher Mommy Club. Our top selling resources for pre-K through sixth grades have been used and loved by tens of thousands of teachers. The club gives you one-click access to all of them to meet the needs of every child you teach while saving tons of time. Plus, you'll have our certified life coach in your back pocket with several monthly workshops and an Ask a Coach portal you can use 24-7. The combo of resources and coaching is our secret sauce to your best teacher life. Think of my team and I as your personal team, doing the lesson planning for you and on the sidelines coaching you and cheering you on as you focus on what you do best impacting the children you teach plus if you're loving this podcast you'll also have access to our private podcast just for members where i continue the conversation with all of our guests with members only bonus episodes and don't forget the club with vip access to educate and rejuvenate our summer conference and our private facebook community full of like-minded educators supporting each other you do so much for everyone else so it's time to invest in yourself Your teacher friends' jaws will drop when they see just how quickly you finish your planning. Not to mention the glow of the happier, more fulfilled you. Head on over to WifeTeacherMommyClub.com to learn more.